This is our Everest. Greetings, culture vultures, and welcome back to This Is Our Everest, the story so far. I'm Ed and he's Ian. Still alive, still sane. And still alive, still, still yep. going. Still hanging on in there. We've only done two. It's like a bit like dog years, yeah. isn't it? One of those podcasts is... There's a lot to get through yeah. with each one. These ain't, these ain't as bad as some of the stuff we've got coming up. Listeners, we're easing you in gently. Not all TV from the old days. I don't think that the the point of this podcast is to just wail on TV that it was was. all rubbish. (laughs) No, it was. A blanket, you know. I haven't seen much to disavow me of that notion so far. No, well, perhaps not. In fact, today I was doing some a little extracurricular research. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, my wife caught me watching a second episode of Les and Dustin's laughter show. Yeah, well... And she said in a pitiful kind of way... now you're getting divorced. Yeah, she said in a pitiful <laughs> kind of way, is, is this the kind of rubbish that we used to watch? And I think the answer is probably yeah, well, yes. Yes, yes. But there wasn't... A... Implied in that, implied in that... Is that I'm getting a divorce... Is this the sort of rubbish you're still watching? Through choice on YouTube. Through choice. Well, With all of the internet for you. Yeah, but where's the fun in that? Um, t- today, well, yeah. one of your picks. I know, right? Calendar Goes Pop. It's a good one. I can't... I, I haven't looked into whether there's an explanation for this or not. But in December 1980, the... Yorkshire TV daily news programme, Calendar, Yeah, started doing a weekly pop music show. Friday nights. Friday nights. And um, I thought this would be a good pick. And I picked this without having watched it. I, um, no. I was aware of the fact that it existed, but I had not watched it. So I was a, a Calendar virgin. Interesting. I, I, I feel straight away... The, the reason that it came about was probably because it's a, a hollow and pale facsimile of Granada's pioneering music magazine show, So It Goes, with mm. Anthony H. Wilson. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. What we've got here is rather a, a pale imitation. I mean... Mm. This, 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 is, this is more There It Went. Yeah, I mean, t- yes, <laughs> there it went. Tony Wilson had Sex Pistols and The Clash and Iggy Pop and all of that. These lot had some uh, bare-chested Ernies from Wakefield. Well, we'll come back to them. It's a little bit more down market in in every regard. But I think the really, the real down market aspect to it is that instead of Anthony H. Wilson, you're getting Richard H. Madeley. Is that is is it? Oh uh, well, no. I, I assume that Richie it's Richard H. Madeley because he's obviously related to Jesus H. Christ. It's Richard Madeley. Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, fair enough. A very self-satisfied looking twenty-four-year-old. The interesting thing there with Madeley is that I mean he's twenty-four. 
He's got a Yorkshire Terrier on the top of his head for some reason. Yeah, fighting and fit. for the first sort of twenty minutes of the show, he's a completely kind of benign presence. You know, he's just totally bland. Oh, absolutely, bland. he is without yeah. any noticeable flavour or yeah, odour. Yeah, yeah. But then, in the last five or ten minutes of the show, you get a couple of hints of real, true maidly. You get you get a hint at what's coming. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, seeing as we've got you both here, I mean, Mike, you're a producer, and uh, you know you're you're looking to make some more records. Any chance of you two getting together? Well, this is a, that sounds a, like a good funny idea. coincidence. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> but in fact, yes, the, we, we are actually feeling out things at the moment, which, really? uh, which is interesting. Yeah. So that might happen in 1981. That's right. This, or sooner. This is, this is actually the first time we've met on your show as well. Really? History so, could be made. That's right. A world first. Might get coming up to sign some contracts. There's one particularly excruciating moment. Did it involve young Miss Paula Yates? chance no it didn't yeah, no really no i mean that was also excruciating <laughs> but the more excruciating moment yeah was when he tried to match make ah, two of the guests yeah um and what tom robinson and the record producer mike howlett i was watching it thinking oh my god this is so uncomfortable for both of them yeah it's awful isn't i mean it? what yeah what if one of them wanted to do it and the other one did, or and or what if neither of them want to do it? The most likely, oh, you know. Yeah, I know it's absolutely Richard Madeley. Just gen. I I think there is possibly a pathology within him that he he mm. can't not be that that bloke. And and he's like, well, why don't you record it? And he keeps pushing it. Yeah. As well, he's like, you know, he's, why don't you record an album together? Why do you know you two could work together? And it's like, no, Richard. He is utterly relentless. When he yeah. when he gets hold of a whatever, however scabby and chewed up this bone already is, when he gets hold of it, he won't let it go. Uh, the other particular gimlet-eyed piece of determination that I spotted from Richard Madeley throughout this episode, but particularly at, at the end, is seeking an answer to the question... What do you think about modern music? Tom, what do you make of those sounds? What do you reckon of the music scene at the moment, Mike? Tom, what I didn't manage to ask you, what do you think of music today? And what do you reckon of Paula's book, both of you? Very quick sentence from you, Paula. What do you reckon of the music of today? Have you got any particular favourites? He asked every single person that. In fact, he asked Tom Robinson that twice. (laughs) He did, didn't he? Yeah, Yeah, because Tom Robinson didn't really answer the first time because... It's such a stupid question. Well, I mean, Tom Robinson was the first guest, and yeah. uh, he is, uh, as Richard Madeley acknowledges, just uh, on the road to recovery from contracting hepatitis, which is yeah. no fun yeah. for anybody involved. Um, but Tom Robinson looks like he wants to be there about as much as he wanted to contract hepatitis. Yeah, I mean, I've got my notes have got Robinson doesn't really want to be there. No. Actually written in green pen. And you can see, I mean, you can see that he's not been well. There's a sort of vacant expression in his eyes. Yeah, and his lips not, are flaky. Yeah, he's not all there, is he? He's, he, he he's, he's, he's a tiny bit absent. And I, I quite like Tom Robinson. I'm not a fan um, I've got nothing against Tom Robinson. But, you know, two, yeah. four, six, eight motorway. Glad to be gay was a. You know, yes. I mean that's. 
that's a that's a decent little quiver to have, isn't it, of of, of songs. So I've got nothing against him, and he and he came across well, despite the fact that he evidently from well, yeah, maybe, he'd evidently maybe been dragged because... out of his sick bed. I mean, he honestly, his lips looked like the bottom of a Peter's sausage roll bag. They were yes. lips on crute. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he'd obviously been a very very unwell young man <laughs> oh yeah clearly. and now clearly, here clearly. he is sat next to richard fucking madeley after we meet tom robinson we are introduced to the second of the two hosts about whom i could find nothing no some young lad the work experience boy isn't it yeah, his name's graham thornton and i think the the kindest thing you can say about graham thornton is he looks very happy to be there he does look he does look quite happy to be there he kind of introduces little bits and pieces of yeah of um he's, of news he's just there isn't he he's like air he looks like a fart dressed as brian clough he he introduces in the first section because it's a bear in mind, this is december 1980 yeah, the 5th of December 1980. So this is three days before John Lennon is assassinated in New York. And of local interest, in fact, four weeks to the day before the apprehension of Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper. Well, yeah, yeah. So he might have been watching. He this. might have been, yeah, he was still at large. If he wasn't if he wasn't otherwise engaged. Well, I looked, actually, I looked it up. And Did you? Oh, his, his, last, his last killing was about two weeks before this. Oh. So you know, obviously, um, but you know that that is that's a little bit of you know cultural context and colour. If you well, want to call if they, it, that. you know, maybe maybe it pacified him, calmed him down. What calendar goes pop. Yeah, have they have they tried it? Stick it on a big screen in Broadmoor. Let's <laughs> uh, you know but see what it see what it does. Actually, out of absolute prurient interest, I then went on to watch the second episode of Calendar Goes Pop because I thought You're there's fucking idiot. Well no, but I thought there's been a pretty seismic event in the world of pop in between Calendar right. Goes oh, Pop episode yeah, okay. one yeah, and yeah, Calendar right. Goes Pop episode two. And yeah. I was interested to note absolutely not a single mention of John Lennon to be seen. No, he's not from Yorkshire, is he? <laughs> If the, if the Beatles had been, if the Beatles had been from Barnsley, <laughs> it would have been a different matter. If all of their, all of their songs have been about Bingley, yeah, Rotherham. <laughs> uh, but then he, but then this this young lad then introduces us to a clip of Show Waddy Waddy. Yep, um, B. A. Robertson was, and Show Waddy Waddy. Yeah, which, I mean, I'm always interested in Show Waddy Waddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were kind of, they're very much, uh, they were always there in the background when I was a kid, you know. Yeah. They were, they they just kept going and kept going. I was quite interested in the fact that they'd all updated their look, apart from Dave Bartram, the singer, who was, um, oh, sorry, Dave, is it Bartram or Haslam? One or the other. Look, Something like that. Anyway. If you don't know. And he's no still one. got his Ted coat on. <laughs> but all the rest, all the rest of them have gone a tiny bit new romantic. They've added like three percent new romantic. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a quite a curious sight. And as for B. A. Fucking Robertson, he's. I mean, look, you know, <laughs> other better podcasts than this one have 
torn him a new arsehole before, so and I don't want to encroach onto their territory. I've got a joke about B.A. Robertson. Have you yeah, gone? Yeah. B.A. Robertson and a horse walk into a bar and the barman says, why the long face and massive chin and stupid quiff, you prick, <laughs> to B.A. <Yeah>. Robertson? <laughs> but he is. He's a prick. <laughs> he is. He's a prick. And, and 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 it's in every performance of his that I've ever seen. And regular listeners to old 200% podcasts may recall that I'm a fairly avid collector of top old episodes of Top Very of the Pops. That hasn't, that hasn't gone anywhere. But had that, you ever... That, um, I mean, B.A. Robertson, actually, this is his first of two appearances in this episode because he's also one of the featured photographs when Paulie Yates is discussing her book. Yeah, but that, that's the thing about B.A. Robertson, is that he gets everywhere. Now, Shawaddy Waddy, they were kind of always there in the background. Yeah. Fair enough. But no, B.A. Robertson was always there trying to push his way to the front. And that's a very different yeah. thing. I happen to have seen the episode of Top of the Pops from May 1982, where both England and Scotland do um, their World Cup songs. And, of course, the England one is a fucking dirge. And uh, and Scotland have got theirs, which is John Gordon Sinclair. Wow. And uh, But that song was written by B.A. Roberts. And there he is on the fucking start. And, it's, and he's always there. He's, he's pushy. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, you know, the greatest B.A. Robertson TV moment was when... Um, Oh Christ! What's her name? Annabella Wynn, uh, out of Bow Wow Wow, <laughs> just told him what she thought with him and pissed off. Oh uh, which is one of the great television moments because it, you know, in the space of about a minute and forty seconds, he introducing himself as the Dark Prince of Pop, <laughs> and then and all this nonsense, and then he asks her a question, and it's and he's really fucking patronising. And she just goes, well, you know, there's a lot of men in the music industry, kind of middle bags, middle-aged sleaze bags, you know, like you, I suppose. (sighs) And and, and it just, and he crumples and he suddenly he looks twice her age, three times her age, you know. (laughs) he, he, He comes into that interview genuinely believing that he is a relevant pop presence at that particular time. I mean, if it's Bow Wow Wow, it would have been, what, 83, something like that? <laughs> and by the end of it, he looks like someone out of Fairport Convention <laughs> in comparison with us. <laughs> it's very striking. It's definite, it will definitely be on YouTube. Definitely. Google it. B.A. Robertson is a fucking prick. I fucking hate him. My first talkative guest is indeed a lady in every traditional sense of the word. All froth and flounce, acres of chiffon and lace, each and every sequin sewn on by herself, tireless night spent at home over the sewing box. Stocking seems absolutely straight and never ever a hair out of place. Talking to B.A., the bad, bad prince of darkness, from Bow Wow Wow, the good, good Annabella Lewin. Because a lot of girls in the music business have a hard time, I reckon, because a lot of uh, males find it easy to sort of take the mick out of them, which is really sad, because I, I think a lot of women have got a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I'm just not given the chance. Carry on. Right, I just thought I'd say that. Make that statement. That's all? Yeah. And would you think that people, guys in the music business, don't take them seriously? 
Uh, no, they don't. They don't, not at all. Is that so introduced? You meet a lot of hippies too. Like, oh. You know, a lot of hippies who think they're really cool, like yourself again. Yeah. And, um, I don't know, I don't know what the audience reckon, but uh, I think it's a pretty shit show, basically. Yeah. What, do you want to go on? Yeah, I wouldn't mind, actually. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm going to have to mark this one for swearing, aren't I? Uh, uh it's, it appears <laughs> all, yeah, all future... Well, how can you not? All future episodes right. that contain B.A. Robertson... Will, uh, Rated adult because B.A. Robertson. It's the chart music podcast has dipped into B.A. Robertson a few times. Do you know what they call him on that? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to vouch that it's not B.A. Robertson. No, it's B.A. Cunterson. <laughs> so that's pretty catchy. Um, well, you know, to the point. After Graham Thornton has you know, introduced some of the, the latest releases from B.A. Robertson, the aforementioned, and Shawaddy Waddy, we go back to Richard. He asks Tom Robinson, what does he make of those sounds? What do you make yeah. of those sounds? And Tom Robinson... Oh, God, yeah. And Tom Robinson goes, well... <laughs> the, he literally says, well, that's not really not really my sort of thing. They're fine, if that's what you like. But I, I yeah. like good music. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's, a, that's the that's that's the implication yeah of what he's saying most definitely and we get yeah. a then we get a little snippet of um his new band's record i mean so far every performance we've had from any group has been uh absolute you know cursory little snippet at best and you're starting to wonder, what kind of music programme is this? Uh-huh. Luckily, we then find out, because we go back to Graham Thornton, and there's live music in the studio. Yeah, yeah. With a local well, band. Well, it's time now, now for some live music with Vardis from Wakefield. They've got a new album out at the moment called 100 Miles an Hour, and the leader of the band is Steve Zodiac. Steve, mm. welcome to the programme. Hello. All the way from Wakefield. Are you all local lads? Yes, very local. Wakefield leads. Yeah. Tell me, how, how did you get the band together? Uh, well, it sort of started off at school. You know, you want to be in a band and you just get it together, like, you know. I like the outfit. I mean, are you doing a Sandy Shore impression? Yeah, not bad, is it? Is it Can't afford any pay- shoes, that's for sure. <laughs> Is it not painful playing on stage with shoes like that? Yeah, we've just With, done, with no yeah. shoes, sorry. A lot of these old theatres have got floorboard stages and you get lots of splinters after gigs and things. <laughs> you have to buy that. yourself a pair of shoes. <laughs> now tell me, uh, your new album, 100, 100 Miles an Hour, Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, well, the title implies the, uh, the music on it and uh, it's a live album, a debut album and uh, it's just us in as raw state is what we are. Right, well, let's have a taster of that. What are you going to play for us first, Steve? Well, this is the thing that's come out. It's a studio thing, a thing that's out as a new single on Logo. Called? Too Many People. Away you go, Vardis. <laughs> Well, yeah, now. Your, your new favourite <laughs> band, by all accounts. Oh, Vardis from Wakefield. <laughs> Do you know they've reformed so, recently? I've done some reading about Vardis. Oh yeah, they actually yeah they they had they had quite quite a detailed Wikipedia page considering. I wasn't expecting to find anything out about Vardis on the internet. Vardis, you know, For it I is mean they. they're a band. They're a band who played a um, local TV news show pop offshoot 
almost 40 years ago. So I wasn't expecting it. But no, no, I was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Uh, they've got a Wikipedia page, yep. which I strongly suspect is written by either the band themselves, one of their mates, or quite possibly their mothers. Yeah, Mrs. Zodiac. Mrs. Zodiac. <laughs> but let me just read you a little bit of the Wikipedia page, and you can judge for yourself the quality of the prose contained therein. <laughs> Okay. All right. You're going to like this. I feel as if I should read it in a Yorkshire accent, but I, I, I really... <laughs> Vardis. <laughs> All right, Dustin G. It does sound better in a Yorkshire accent, doesn't it? Vardis. Okay, yeah. Vardis. Vardis quickly gains notoriety for their high-energy live performances... The unique approach of incorporating elements of 1970s glam rock and heavy metal music and frontman Steve Zodiac's searing Fender Telecaster sound. Yeah, this had this has been written this, uh, b- by somebody from within yeah. the band, hasn't it? <laughs> Zodiac was reputable for playing Vardis concerts barefoot and bare-chested. His look completed by long, naturally ice-blonde hair. Jesus Christ. Now, first things first. All right, naturally. But that doesn't explain his eyebrows. Doesn't it? Doesn't the Wikipedia page also describe the genre of music that they play as being hard rock slash boogie rock slash heavy metal well i mean the thing is that's quite that that's quite a gamut okay i think the reason they've probably been selected is because they would be lumped in with new wave of british heavy metal which was a thing in 1979 1980 i I think to be honest the reason they were selected is because you know wakefield was only down the road well yeah i mean no you know i mean obviously they're going to try and promote local bands if they can but this sort of uh rebirth of heavy metal in 1979-80 made it kind of weirdly fashionable you know Iron Maiden and Diamond Head Saxon people like that and this idea that kind of heavy metal could be stripped back a little bit from the sort of absurdities that it started to reach in the mid to late 1970s and kind of get this slightly sort of earthier sound that was a thing you know but the the thing is and this is what I like about Vardis, Vardis's name, is that they're basically fucking status quo. You know, they're 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 oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're a status quo rip at this point. I don't know what they I don't know what they sounded like afterwards. They're a slightly metalier status yeah. quo. Um, I always like hearing bands like that because they they sound like they're playing in a pub. I don't mean they're no better than a pub band. They're very tight. I'll give them that. You know, I mean, of course, da- damned by faint praise, I suppose. But they're very, they're tight. But they sound like they're playing in a pub. You know, the sound of the, the drums have got a slightly kind of hollow, crappy sound that late nineteen seventies live drums usually had. And uh, that that's kind of appealing in its own way. However, I mean, not for me, you know. Would you say that Vardis were your favourite part of the programme? Well, no, because 
you know, the ne- the very next thing that comes up is the interview with Mike Howlett, the uh, kind of oh, okay. new wavy that... new wavy producer, and uh, he and in- they introduce um, Enola Gay by OMD, which is by some distance the best musical moment of the program. Um, yeah, did a bit of reading. I don't like the song. I don't like do the not? song Enola Gay. No, I do. I, I, I've got no problem with the song itself. I just think that the the lyrics are O level poetry coursework bullshit. It's a, something of a waste of a brilliant riff. Uh, yeah, but there was a lot of that going on in the early nineteen eighties. It was all over the place. Yeah, I guess so. Suits everywhere, and. Uh, <laughs> And so yeah, that's a, that's a good moment. Um, but then they go, they cut back to you know the young boy, the office junior. Yeah. He's got a reminiscent package, isn't he? And he, yeah, well, he comes up with a very strange collection, doesn't he? Um, yeah, still... Jimi Hendrix was n- n- uh, number two ten years ago, but that's, except that's it wasn't ten move. years ago. Jimi Hendrix died in September nineteen seventy. So he died yeah. ten years and three months ago. Actually, oh yeah, but that song was number two in the charts ten years ago. I, think I don't point. think it was. I think it. I think firstly it went to number one. Voodoo Child definitely went to number one. Um, and secondly, I'm pretty certain that it went to number one like a week or two after he died. So well, at the very very latest, it would have been probably the middle of October. But this is not. Like, so you're you're dispute you're you're disputing his starting point. I am disputing his starting point. I mean, the thing is that when I the very first thing that I wrote on my little in my little notebook was Jimi Hendrix already dead ten years, and because he's in there's a picture of him in the opening titles, and I was like, that's a very strange yes. thing to do, to put somebody who's been dead for a decade in your pop show you know that's a really weird thing to do don't you think because Jimi hendrix died in september 1970 i'm almost certain of this this, this, see this is the thing you see you start doubting yourself don't you um so i'm gonna look it up live googling it's what this what this podcast will probably become famous for good job i've got such nimble fingers There we go. Right, Voodoo Child. There'll be a Wikipedia page for Voodoo Child. Yes, there is. Um, uh, they haven't even got the date that it was released in the UK. Um, how am I going to do this? Jesus. It's fucking hard work, isn't it? Official singles chart top 50, 29th of November 1970 to the 5th of December 1970. Number two, Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> I think somebody somebody definitely owes Graham Thornton an apology, don't they? No, he can go fuck himself. <laughs> right, Thornton. You prick. Oh, Thornton. It's <laughs> King versus Thornton, round two. The song was already falling down the charts. That number two was down from number one. It would be number one during the November. I think it must have been released probably in the middle of October. And because it took songs a bit of time then to get to the top of the charts, it seems to have got to the charts in November. 
gentler so, times. So by the second week in December, or whenever this is, that song's already sliding down the charts or start, started its descent, and they're giving it over. And the, of course, the point is, really, who fucking wants to see <laughs> the Bay City Rollers, <laughs> Bohemian fucking Rhapsody, and Voodoo Child? You know, if you're a... Yeah, it's true. If, you know, it's what, a pop show. The, it's their yeah. target audience, like... 28 year olds or something it's weird it's a 30 30 minute weekly magazine music program about popular music yeah why why are you giving time over for this at the end of 1980 you know standing on the cusp of what is widely considered to be one of popular music's greatest years not by me and they're chucking out fucking voodoo (laughs) child it doesn't make any sense doesn't make any sense at all and, and, and like yeah, well. I say it's and the thing is this is kind of the point at which it starts to descend isn't it do you know what I mean well well, the Paulie Yates interview rock stars in their underpants is her new book yeah she's um, I mean this is I mean we we talked about this um, yesterday and this is the sort of book that can only be written by a 21 year old young woman with posh parents <laughs> do you know what who else would get the time of day to do that if I it's went true. to a publisher and said look I want to take loads of pictures of rock stars in their underpants they'd look at me as though I was insane I honestly would love to be there just to watch you do that you know this is my pitch but somehow or other, she's pulled it <laughs> off, and and you know, on she goes. This segment of the program definitely provides the low light of the whole experience for me. It does, yeah. Which is Richard Madeley's earth-shattering mm-hmm. conversational gambit towards the end. He always feels like he's got to throw in an extra sort of yeah. joking pally line, and the one that oh. he reaches for is, I hope. I can take a picture of you in your underpants someday. Yes. Which, I mean... I mean oh, God. Oh, mate. Do you have to? And then, of yeah. course, like I say, he tried, he's already tried to match-make uh, Mike Howlett and Tom Robinson. Mike Howlett is an interesting Mike Howlett thing. Uh, okay. Mike Howlett was in Gong. <laughs> okay. The ultimate, there's, the there's ultimate one for the teenagers. psychedelic prog rock band. If you haven't heard any gong, give some gong a listen. It's hard work. Yeah, it's yeah, really it's hard certainly work. hard work. Um, uh, it's 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 not without its merits. And then, of course, your young lad there has got his list of bands that are playing, and it is a mixed batch. Yeah, well, this is again. It, he's gone from telling you what was number two in the charts ten years ago. Yeah. To telling you, you know, gig information. Well, who's playing live like this weekend across the yes. Yorkshire TV region? Slade, Slader at Unity Hall, Wakefield tonight. Yep. I mean, presumably there are, you know, still tickets on the door. Presumably, yeah. Maybe Vardis is supporting them. <laughs> Triumphant hometown. Re- <laughs> yeah, well, they'll yeah. be carried in yeah, after at their... shoulder height well, after this. You no, know, why not? Um, then you got Gary jo- Glitter. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, less said about uh, him. He's, he's another one who's going to pop up sporadically in this, isn't he? This series. XTC. XTC, I like. Yeah. Uh, and the Stray Cats, who have already received a ringing recommendation from uh, Tom Robinson earlier in the show. Yeah, well, they're decent. XTC. I like XTC. Uh, Generation X are playing in Leeds on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'd want to go and see that. Well, I mean, you, Billy you, you Idol. would think that. Billy Idol. Well, you would you would think that, but then again, you have to remember the Yorkshire Ripper is still about at this point. So, you know, yeah. do you want to take the risk? Well, I think I'm probably okay. I think you probably yeah. would have been okay. But um, apart from you might have you you might have got arrested for yeah. it. But uh, but no, I mean, no, Gener- Generation X are great. They're really funny. Have you ever heard King Rocker? <laughs> I have not. You need to listen to King Rocker. That's your definitive oh, Generation X song. It's a song that imagines a fight between Elvis and King Kong. So, you know. And it's also one of the all-time great Top of the Pops performances from doing it. But unfortunately, it's on Top of the Pops and it ain't on Calendar Goes Fucking Pop. Well, no, but if you uh, are in Leeds on the 7th of December 1980, you know, yep. you know yep. still tickets on the door. Yeah, I would do. I mean, in order... Um, I would want to see uh, Slade. Obviously. Uh, then I would want to see Roy Wood. Because, oh, yes. you know, yeah. I love a bit of Roy Wood. He's got his new band yeah. playing at Wednesday. Uh, and then it's very difficult between XTC and Generation X. Because I prefer XTC's songs, but I think Generation X would be a better show. Okay. I'd probably go for Generation X between the two. Gary Glitter's been very much relegated. Well, knowing yeah. what we know now. <laughs> but yeah, and then Maidley just yeah, it's just a... Yeah, Maidley basically rounds it off. Uh he, he's sheepdogged all of his prey into the corner and he will get his answer to the question. Well, what do you yeah. think of music Tell today? Me. Like like Torquemada in the Spanish yeah. Inquisition sidling up to people and saying, you know, what do you think about the uh, maintenance of Catholic yeah, orthodoxy? And, and, and that's it. That's it. Yes, the programme done. Roll credits. Roll credits with help from with, Vardis. Yep, Vardis. Course, who play yep, their Vardis second again. number. The only other thing that I'd like to say, big shout out here, big shout out to the producer of Calendar Goes Pop, who goes by the magnificent name of David St. David Smith. <laughs> that was in the titles. The David St. David, David Smith. Because David, David Smith is one of the most common names in the United yeah. Kingdom. I bet David St. David what he is. Smith. Yeah, what he's done there is taking it to a whole new level. Well, it wasn't hyphenated. I thought that is I, that is a that is a new paradigm. Yeah, I thought maybe is. what if he's got married to somebody and he and and he can't he's like well I can't call myself David St David. So I'll go for David Smith instead. Or you know, I didn't I didn't get all the way to the end of the second episode. Maybe they added a David St David for every Ooh, week. David St David so St David I, Smith. <laughs> 
I don't know how many episodes of this there were. I mean, if if there were any more than three, I think someone has lost their time. Well, there's mind. three on YouTube. But I like to think that that's because there are only three ever made, and then everybody just realised the absolute folly of this program. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just having a quick look now to see how many episodes of it there might have been. Um, I don't think I'm going to get the answer to that question somehow. Uh, no, but, there was three, uh, three episodes. As uh, as as experiences go, do do you think that you've really taken anything from it? Is there going to be a take home? Um, for or are you just going to sweep it all under the carpet? I don't know. I don't know whether I'm going to go back and watch the other two. Because the thing is that I am a... No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't No, because the thing is that, you know, any music from that sort of era that flashes its ankles at me, I will I will follow. Um, I recently yeah. I recently watched... These are really good, by the way. There's three um, hour and a half long Best of Soul Train compilations on YouTube. Oh well, I mean you that's know. a different world. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Goes but, pop, you know, it? but there's Revolver. There's um, uh, all those kind of youth TV programs, which are hilarious. We're definitely going to be doing at least two of those at some point. Um, and so, but anything from that era that I can get my hands on, I will usually devour. And uh, yeah. Calendar Goes Pop is falls squarely into that category I'd hate myself a little bit afterwards for having done it but that wouldn't stop me doing it in the first place I think you would find something in the second episode I mean for me it was interesting that they studiously avoided the fact that one of the founding fathers of all of modern popular music had that week been shot dead I'll I'll watch it for the entertainment's sake I will probably watch those other two episodes but I'm not going to be, you know, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been disappointed after that third episode, and they went, right, that's it, that's your lot. I wouldn't have gone, oh no, where am I going to get my weekly fix of Richard Madeley being a sex pest? The second episode has got dollar on it. That's definitely worth watching then. I think Richard Madeley's first question is, why you called dollar? <laughs> Uh, and I think, I believe his second question is, what do you think of music these days? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no. Dave, but Dave also, Van Day and Richard Madeley, what a meeting of minds. Christ almighty. The, um, <laughs> the live band on, on uh, the second episode are something of an oddity in themselves. Um in that they are an unsigned band from Grimsby. Yeah. If you can imagine. If you can imagine. I look forward to it. What what genre of music are they? Or would that be... Is that TMI? Um, I think pretty pretty much New Wave. New Wave. Okay. Like every every band. Because so many of them just get it... They're just a bit wrong. And I'm expecting, um, you know the Grimsby Jam or whatever they are to be uh, to be subpar but not so subpar that they wouldn't get on TV somewhere or other in the first place 
but we'll see. They'd, uh, they'd recently they'd recently won a battle of the yeah. bands. That's that's how their career nice. is going. I was um, talking about this is something that's going to have to come up in a later podcast because we are out of time. Um, is that I, I've done a few battle of the bands is, uh, and one of them to bring it back full circle has a connection to a band that I have discussed, talked about in tonight's podcast. It's not for artists. Would you like to know the name of the, uh, the, the, the band, the unsigned band from Grimsby, who are the musical guests? In Is it going to make me do a shit? Well... Answer the question. <laughs> I would say that if if I ask you that question, it should be fairly easy for you to just give a kind of direct, straightforward answer. It's a yes or no question, completely binary. Will it make me do a shit? I'm going to go... I, I reckon it's probably not going to... I trust in your the the integrity of your anal sphincter enough that it probably isn't okay, going to make okay, you do a shit. Okay, that's fine. Many wouldn't. Aromatic tours. Oh fuck off! Aromatic. Oh, and tours. now I've done a shit. <laughs> um, which seems well, like as good that, a place. That, that'll be yeah. That'll be yeah. Good seems time like as good a place to wrap this up as any. I'm off to wipe my ass. Tomorrow's podcast. Yes. Will be a question of sport. Damn straight. From 1993. There'll be a link in the uh in the accompanying blurb uh so that'll be something to look forward to (laughs) other than that though i think it's time that we got the hell out of here um thanks very much for listening we'll be back again same time tomorrow bye-bye Okay, well, thanks a lot for coming in, and uh, I really enjoy seeing your book. I hope I can take a picture of you and your on a someday.